Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. We are two games into the Stanley Cup final. We are guaranteed three more. And here on Biscuits Colon, a hockey podcast, Sean and I can sit here and tell you this is going exactly the way we saw it. Because I will tell you right now, before the series started, I said, Sean, Ryan Reeves and Brooks Orpik are going to score the game-winning goals in the first two games. And Sean was like, I, you know what? I was going to say the same thing. I'm glad you said it. So yeah. if you want to come I, to I a podcast... I thought it was going to happen in the opposite order. So you... You had it right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's if you box the exact, you still win. You still win money. So I feel like we've 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 come up pretty big here for the listeners with our predictions on the series, which, by the way, was was Vegas and four. So, um, you still think it's going to be a sweep, Sean? No, I don't. I I I don't know if you're aware of this, but I had some people point out to me on Twitter that mm-hmm. if you predict it's that one team is going to sweep and then that team loses game one. Oh yeah your prediction is going to be wrong. And I didn't really understand that. But luckily, people uh, sought me out on social media to explain right. how mathematics works. And I, I appreciate that. It's always nice. The thing we don't consider, though, when we make predictions like that is how, you know, a fan base like Vegas has been kicked for just years and years and years and years and years. And they don't want to hear, you know, people count them out after all they've been through as fans. So to have two people say Vegas was going to yeah. lose it four, that's where the anger comes from. So I get it. It is. It is. You know who I'm jealous of is, I don't know if you saw this clip, but uh, Connor McDavid was at, like, I think it was like some tennis tournament or something. It wasn't even hockey, but they, they were interviewing him. And then at the end, they're like, well, who's your pick for the Stanley Cup, Vegas or or Washington? And he was like, no, I'm not going to make a pick. <laughs> and I was like, well, you can do that? <laughs> That is so much better than the way I've been doing it all these years. That's thought, once again Connor thought, McDavid. I thought you were going to tell me that, like he was like, I didn't even realize that was the Stanley Cup final. Is that really the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, it may be. It, it probably was <laughs> pretty similar to that. But he was just like, No, I don't care. I'm not going to make a pick. And I was like, That's brilliant. Yeah, I got to start. So. It's like it's like when I found out Jonah Carey uh, quit Twitter. I was like, Wait, you can just you can be like a writer in this business and then just not really ever tweet ever again that's that's is that is that an option because i feel like that's not an option i didn't know that was an option i want to do that i want that option ah man one day so much to learn one day we're gonna live the dream someday so let's let's get into it because two games in they're two really good games two fantastic games those are two really good games and i because and and you know I, i i mean it's been pointed out to me that occasionally mm-hmm. you or you and I might complain or criticize really uh, yeah, the guess. NHL and its products. That that's Once you know in a while. people people seem to feel that we tiptoe up to that line hmm. of negativity every now and then. Okay, uh, and you know the the reality is I've anyone who, who reads my stuff I've spent years and years pointing out that very often the NHL product is not very good you anymore. Should, you, should, you, should, not, you should do a book about that. If that I, I should. Yeah. I should. Consider I, that. I, I, do, I, I feel like I could trim it down to 80,000 words. And <laughs> I, it's, it, and, but the, the reason I keep bringing that up is because, you know, it's, it's like it, it always reminds me of that old Wayne Gretzky quote where, with that, that he may or may not have actually said, but that you always hear attributed to him where he says, 
every night I played, I knew that somebody was watching me for the first time and somebody was watching me for the last time. And I, I didn't want to disappoint either one of those people. And, and every time I see like some dull two nothing game where it's all block shots and dump ins and, and, you know, just, it's just terrible hockey. I'm always thinking like there's somebody out there who's just watched that as their first NHL game. Like they got their friend dragged them to a game or they sat down to watch it or just happened to be on and, and they, they flipped over and they watched that. They're never coming back. You will never get that person back after you show them what this league presents as its product so often. The flip side of that, you know, the, the this Vegas Golden Knight story has brought, I think, a lot of people and a lot of eyes onto the NHL that maybe wouldn't normally have been there. And there probably were a lot of people who sat down, especially for that game one on Monday night, never having watched a whole hockey game, but going, all right, I'll check it out. I mean, maybe even just the first period. I'll sit down and watch. If that was your first experience watching the NHL, like, how are you not hooked at this point? Like, how are you not like, where was this all my life? I, how did I, how was I not watching this? And game two was, you know, almost as good. Like, that that was just great back and forth, speed and skill, lead changes, goals, all of this stuff, big saves, the the, the, the big, huge save last night. Uh, you know, bad officiating and that, and we'll get to that later. But, <laughs> you know, for the most part, that was fantastic. Like, that, you know, like, I, I feel like I'm sitting there going, like, that's what we want. And obviously, every game can't be game one of the Stanley Cup final, but it was, it was nice to... To be reminded of what hockey can be and what the NHL can be uh, when it's it's played at at that level and with that kind of approach, like it was fantastic, and I I really think the NHL probably made a whole bunch of new fans over the last uh, the last two games because uh, that I mean that was great stuff. How many fans would you say the NHL lost over the course of like between? 2012 and like 2015 when they tuned in to watch a Kings Blues game like like millions right there yeah. had to be like millions of people who saw those Kings Blues playoff series and were just like oh, wait really this is this is this is the best your sport has to and, and like offer? I, I get I get that people you know there this is one of these things where if you consider yourself a diehard hockey fan there is nothing this league can do that will make you stop watching we get that we've had three lockouts we've had the dead puck era we've had all of this stuff I know there are people who take it as a source of personal pride that they will always be hockey fans and and they think for some reason that insisting on always watching no matter what makes them better fans than than mm-hmm. other people right but it's you know again how do you grow the sport you grow the sport by at some point you got to get somebody who hasn't watched you before sitting down either in your arena or in front of a TV and saying I'll give it a try let's see what you got and if Half the games you serve up are unwatchable. It, it doesn't matter that the real fans can appreciate it on a certain level. And it doesn't matter that, you know, okay, yeah, Tuesday night was boring, but Wednesday night was slightly better. Like, you are you get one shot at people, and you're, you're losing them with so many of the games that this, this league offers up. But, I mean, if you were going to serve up two great games... This was the perfect time to do it. You know, Stanley Cup final, you're on, you know, you're, you're getting more coverage than you ever got. You've got this great story that I think is presumably bringing in people who aren't hockey fans to to sit down and go, okay, what's this all about? What's this, you know, expansion teams in the final? Let's let's check it out. And if that had been some dull 2-1 snooze fest, then that would have been a huge lost opportunity. But instead, you know, I, I saw people saying this was one of the best games, most entertaining games they had watched in years. And I have a hard time arguing with that i thought i thought it was just it was almost the textbook case of what you would want to show somebody who was maybe thinking of giving the nhl a chance uh you know and, and i mean especially lord knows if if you were in the building for those you're probably hooked now and you're probably one of the diehards here's here's where you're wrong here's here's where you're completely foolish with your praising of a 6-4 hockey game is you know people like me who are more refined and have a sharper God. eye to understand the game yes. can really appreciate a one nothing 22 to 21 shot game because I can appreciate guys like Ryan Callahan and Pierre Edward right. Belmar um, and Cedric The Pocket. beauty of an active stick blocking uh, a passing lane. I mean, yeah, like sure, people love cross-ice passes that result in one-timers that go bar down and, and into the net. 
But for me, the real hockey fan, the true hockey fan that, you know, just really, really loves the nuances of the sport, I want more 2-1 games. I, I love I love to fall asleep in front of my TV at 8.45 at night because there hasn't been a shot in 11 minutes. Because that first shot at the end of that 11 minutes, you appreciate it more. If I just see a bunch of shots and a bunch of goals, are we really better than the NBA, Sean, if we're just scoring mm-hmm. a bunch of points? Don't the points you're become just, less important, Sean? You know what? You're You're just... You're just a more cultured you know, fan, and and you you know you're not one of these uh, the, the these millennials with their need for yeah. constant gratification. Young I actually had somebody tweet at me. They said, "If you want to watch goals, you should watch the NBA." And I couldn't figure out if that was the dumbest tweet I'd ever seen, or if it was like brilliantly. <laughs> like I, I was like, "What level are we on right now?" Because I either really love this or I really hate it, and I I Dude. didn't really have the heart to ask. But yeah, that's gonna be my new slogan. If you want goals. You should watch the NBA. Dude, if, if you haven't had anybody reply to you over the last three days defending Tom Wilson, you haven't seen the stupidest tweet possible yet. I'm telling you. There's there's dumber yeah. tweets out there. There's a really Tom, dumb. I, I would love to at some point in my life have any people around me who are as loyal to me as Tom Wilson fans are to Tom Wilson. It's crazy. Like it's so unbelievable. It's like it's like it's like those parents of like people that are like in prison just being like, yeah, you know what? He killed forty nine people, but he's still my boy. Like, eh, you know, maybe maybe you want to distance yourself from him a little bit there, mom, dad. That's I'm just saying. Just so what what were your thoughts on the hit <sighs> yeah. in game one? Well, well, let me give you the thoughts of the people in my mentions when I was put it out okay. there that that hit yeah. was. Why don't you summarize what the, the I mean, what's the word on the street? Here, here's here's what the people are saying, Sean. Here's here's you know because as as the the nuanced cultured hockey fan, I like to listen to other hockey fans to sort of you know maybe cultivate my own takes and and the overall sentiment uh, after somebody who I won't name put it out there that Tom Wilson should be suspended, should have gotten five minutes in a game misconduct. Um, that he was looking to hurt Jonathan Marcheseau, that it was a predatory hit. Um, the, the, the overall response was, LOL, interference much? Like, what do you mean? What does that mean? Um, you want a guy to be suspended for interference? <laughs> LOL. Well, yeah, and inter- he, he, he hit him super late and, and tried to hurt him. So, yeah, that's, 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 that's what interference is. Like, come on, bro, it was shoulder to shoulder. If he has the puck, that's a good check. Yeah, but 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 there's one key element missing, my, my good man, and that's that he did not have the puck for a very long that time. Was that was the worst. That was the worst. And I say it's the worst, but it, it's quite possible the Department of Player Safety had the same take, which was I know, right? If you ignore the fact <laughs> that he hit a guy who was completely ineligible to be hit, it was pretty clean. Somebody came to my mentions and they were like, "It was interference." I mean, no, he said it was, it was late interference, but it was interference. Like that's what interference is. That's the, <laughs> you're, you're, you're double defining interference. Like yeah. that's what that is. Hitting somebody super late and he got suspended for it in the preseason and, and the hit in the preseason was way less predatory. Like it was him still trying to hit a guy, but like he, he circled around him and hit him from the front. It was some guy in the blues who I forget his name and he got two preseason games for it. Now I don't know what the conversion rate is. It's like trying to figure out the Canadian dollar into the U S dollar for me. I don't know what two preseason games equals in the postseason after you've been suspended again between that time. But I, I thought that was a game. That had to be a game at least, right? But the the, yeah. the rationale, and by the way, the rationale for not suspending him that was reported was, was some of my favorite stuff. And, and I, I don't know what I like more, but I love the fact that <laughs> they said there wasn't head contact, which I don't know, like... Like, let's say it's 1952, right? And someone's smoking a cigarette and they're just like, this is good for me. Like, they don't know any better. It's 1952. But in 2018, you're just kind of like, yeah, you're you're putting poison in your body. So you should know better. And in 2018, when it comes to head injury stuff, like I'm sure in 20 years, we'll learn even more stuff about it. But in 2018, we know that you don't have to get hit in the head to suffer a concussion. Like if there's enough whiplash, like say, for instance, from a hit that's so late, you're not bracing yourself for it. You can get a concussion. That's still a super dangerous hit. So that part where they were just like, it wasn't a head hit. Okay. That's weird rationale, but fine. And the other part too was, and this is the part that I love the most, was it came in the flow of the game. It wasn't retaliatory. It wasn't as though Marsh is so hit Kuznetsov and then Wilson went over and decked him, which to me is even weirder because if that was the case, at least there was motivation. Like, the fact that he just did it for fun, the fact that he did it with no motivation, like a sociopath, like, somehow that's better in the NHL's eyes. Like, there's no there's no reason for him to do it, so that's why it's okay. Like, 
Yeah. Oh, to, I mean, two two things. First of all, I I give the league and Department of Player Safety some degree of credit that they they do finally seem to be focusing on on hits to the head um, to some extent. But it, it now feels like we've gone to the overcorrection where anything that doesn't hit a guy in the head, yeah, it's, is okay. It's like an out. Uh, and yeah, and 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 the other thing is, yeah, I mean, you said you know why is what's his motivation we know what his motivation is there there's right. there's basically two reasons that you throw a hit in the nhl one is to just is to make a play on on the puck to separate a guy from a puck to prevent him from making a play he's he's coming into your zone or coming into somewhere you don't want him to be so you physically prevent him uh from going there and 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 you do it legally with body contact and the other reason that you throw a hit sometimes is to hurt somebody. And, you know, I know no, everyone always says, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I'm not that kind of player. But that is the reason that you hit sometimes. To hurt someone, not, Some, to, in, not to you, injure someone. To hurt, like, I think there's a difference. Like, if you're trying to wear there, somebody there, down there physically, can be. that's yeah. fine. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not injuring in the sense of, you know, I'm going to put this. But you're hitting the guy knowing this, I might end his shift. I might end his game. I, you know, I, I might put him out for a few games. And, you know, as... As much as we might not want to say it out loud, sometimes, you know, hitting to hurt is fine. Scott Stevens hit to hurt. Wendell Clark hit to hurt. You know, these guys, they weren't hitting just to make a play. They were hitting because they wanted the player they hit and everyone else who saw the hit to know you've got to be aware because I have the ability to hurt you with with one of my body checks. And I'm, you know, okay. Like, I'm I'm old school. I'm, I'm okay with that. But you got to do it cleanly if you're going to do it. And when it's this sort of play where the puck is gone, there is no play to be made. There is no, you know, Marceau isn't representing any danger. He's not trying to make a play. There is no reason for this hit other than try to hurt somebody. And if you're going to try to hurt someone, you're allowed to do that legally in this league, but it better be legal. And if you and if it's clearly not, if it's clearly late, uh, you know, telling me, well, yeah, it's late, but everything else about it was clean. Well, it wasn't clean, and uh, you know, it didn't result in an injury, apparently, but it could have. And you know, if 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 you're allowed to hit a guy who doesn't have the puck and has no reason to be expect to be hit. As long as you do it shoulder to shoulder and it's fine, there's going to be a lot of guys getting hit real hard out there. And, you know, I, I and, and this idea that you hear some people say, well, you know, and, and, and I've heard some ex-players say it where they're like, you know, well, what happened to being aware? What happened to protecting yourself and being aware of who you're on the ice with and being aware that Tom Wilson's on the ice with you? So you got to have your head on a swivel and you got to be ready for, you know, to protect yourself. And I get that. But. Finish the thought. Finish the sentence. Okay, why does he have to be aware of who's on the ice? Why does he have to be aware even when he's not eligible to be hit? Why does he have to be aware of who's on the ice? Because he's on the ice with somebody who might hit him anyways to try to hurt him. And when you put it that way, you know, suddenly it doesn't seem like it's really the fault of the guy who got hit, even though, yeah, 30 years ago he would have been expected to see him coming and and cross-check him in the mouth. That's not the league we have anymore. And it's not the league we should want to have. We should have the league where if you're not eligible to be hit, some guy can't come across and smoke you and then claim it was a clean hit just because he didn't happen to hit you in the head. You know who the most genius marketing person is? Like, you'll probably think like, oh, it was in the 80s. The person who was like, where's the beef? Like, oh, man, that's a great that's a great slogan. Or um, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. That's genius. Like you associate that with McDonald's. I think the greatest catchphrase of all time, though, is admiring your pass. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. People love beef. People love McDonald's. I'm not saying they don't. You know what no person has ever done in the history of hockey is admired their pass. Nobody makes a pass and goes, that is gorgeous. I'm going to watch that. Look at that that four-foot pass I just made that happens. Right on the right on the tape. That's go. Oh, what what's this to my right side now? All of a sudden, and they get hit. That's yeah. not what happens. Like when you make a but pass, it makes it sound like yeah, it, yeah, right. It makes it sound like a little morality play. Like he was right. like, like look checking out his hair in the mirror. <laughs> He's like ah, oh, and then you know 
got hit by a car because he was just he was too he was enamored with his own reflection he's crossing the street looking at his cell phone ah well what are you gonna do yeah. you know he was, uh, he was he admiring was, his phone like come he on was admiring, like if if come on. if jonathan marsh so is like watching youtube clips of his past on his phone as he walks down the street and like <laughs> steps into an open manhole then okay yes, yeah fine i will criticize him for admiring his past but you know, what I would say he was doing was watching the puck. That's what you do. And seeing where it was going and how the play was going to develop. And, yeah, I mean... Because it, yeah, because if I'm correct, his pass didn't even really connect. That It kind of just went deep into the zone, right? Like, it wasn't as though he sprung a guy for a break. Or maybe he did. I, whatever yeah. it was. Who cares? It, it, was, it doesn't matter. But it was a pretty standard yeah. pass. But, yeah, I mean, this is... And, you know, you say admiring his pass. I, I'd say the other brilliant bit of marketing was i'm just finishing my check oh yeah you got to finish your check sean got to finish but i'm sorry i thought about checking him gotta f- so i got to finish gotta it finish you, know, you, you can't you can't stop things that you finish i mean i like I, I get there are times where a guy's got the puck you line him up to hit him you start the process of throwing the hit and the puck is gone a fraction of a second before you get there and then yes you you know you you finish your check it's it's understood you may have to finish your check. It's probably better that you do. If you try to bail on it at that point, you know, that, that can create an even worse situation. But this, I mean, he had to finish the check that he also started after the puck was gone. And I mean, like, it, this isn't tough. The NFL figured this out with late hits on the quarterback that, you know, you can continue a hit if you've already started it, but you've got to minimize the impact. And if you haven't started the hit and the ball's gone that's it and if you have to do a little pirouette to get out of the way and avoid the contact that's what you have to do it, you know the nhl is faster granted but i i don't see why you know the puck was gone there was a lot of distance tom wilson had barely started to throw the hit if he even had this idea that once you've decided to hit somebody you have the right to just do that because you're finishing your check and that's the sort of player you are I would I would like it if that went away. I also love the other defense too. I I, I saw was pff, nobody would be talking about this hit if it was anybody but Tom Wilson, which in a way is true because I don't think anybody in this series would throw that hit except for Tom Wilson, yeah. who has been doing it the entire postseason and basically well, getting it. away with two out of every three of these. So why not gamble and and try and take out Marcia? So like, I I get it. Yeah. I get it from Gu- like guys a risk guys who get suspended repeatedly. Are generally the guys that do for it. similar sorts of hits. Yeah. yeah, I mean they will get more attention when they do it again. Right, but like Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov's I mean, not throwing that hit. Like Matt Niskanen, or as they announced him in the before game one, Matt Niskanen is not throwing that hit. Like it, it's it's Tom Wilson, the guy who constantly throws the dirty hits. Like this isn't like rocket science. Like like no one's no one's like oh that was a clean hit, but it was Tom Wilson, so let's get mad about it. No, it was a filthy hit that Tom Wilson threw yeah. because he's Tom Wilson. Like it's not a co- plus plus uh, the idea that a hit that knocks an, the other team's leading scorer out of the game yeah. in the stand. Like no, yeah, nobody would even notice that if it wasn't. No, yeah, like, you don't just, think so? It's just it's just so. Anyways, it, should. He should have been suspended. I think one game would have done it. Uh, and I think a lot of the people defending him sound ridiculous. Even though, I mean, if you're if you're a Capitals fan, I, I get that you're going to be ridiculous about that. I've I've done the same. Do, do, you, for, do you have to, though? Do you have to be that ridiculous? You don't have to. I mean, can't you just you be like, well, to, what am I going to do? But I, I do I do get why why it happens. But, I yeah, I mean, at some point... And, and the other thing too I is I would like to see is, the approach is, is to those hits. Hitting is still awesome. Like when you do it the right way. Like last night, Alex Tuck just leveled Brooks Orpic during that power play. When Orpic was going to like hold the puck and try and backhand it out, and Tuck just tucked his arm into his body and just said, "You know what? I'm just going to." And he hit him. I, like I think it might have been like happenstance, but he just hit him right in the shoulder, dropped him to the ice. Like no one's saying we shouldn't have that. Like do that, mm-hmm. do that all the time. But like this, every, this weird Tom Wilson fetish that tom wilson hit, hit somebody who's eligible to be hit yeah. who knows he might be coming Simple as i that. mean don't there, there's no there's nothing tough about hitting somebody who's not ready because they have no reason to think that a hit is coming because they're not eligible to be hit i mean you do it might as well do it in the hallway or the parking lot after the <laughs> game too it's, you know it's it's you know well i'm just finishing finishing my i thought about hitting them in the first period so i had to track them down on the just on the way to the team bus the check you know what? You know what else is great too. You know what else I love about hockey is is when a guy just just 
cross checks a guy right in the back in front of the net and then takes the puck and scores a tying goal in the third yes. period and nobody calls And we it. should discuss this because every Capitals fan is screaming right now, but what about Ryan Reeves? It, what about the cross check? It's am- also bad. It's, it's amazing how that didn't really get talked about the next day because of the Tom. Everyone was focused on Tom Wilson because Tom Wilson's Tom Wilson. And and nobody, yeah. like like that, that goal, if that goal doesn't happen, the Caps, I mean, the way that game was going, it's not as though Vegas couldn't have tied it in the next 15 minutes, but... But that was a big goal it's a yeah, huge goal like uh, you, and and not only a huge goal and i feel like it did you know at least up here it, it did get talked about a fair amount but not only is that a big goal but that should have been a penalty which means washington goes on the power play right. maybe they score right. and take a two goal lead like i saw a story from paul stewart the ex-referee where he was like here is the thing the referees missed yesterday and i was like oh finally yeah. someone's gonna talk about it and he wrote about like Braden holpe's pads like what are you what are we doing like what what, uh, what i i don't understand like how uh, and, and the other thing too is like you can't even ask a coach about this stuff anymore because every every time you ask a coach about a penalty or a hit, oh the league's gonna go look at that one for sure. Like the league's gonna. Well, what about your guy who did the illegal thing? Ah, I just thought that was a good hit. Like uh, we gotta stop asking coaches about stuff because it's just a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> it's just a waste, man. Yeah. Like the idea that John Carlson dove. Ryan Reeves might be after Dustin Bufflin since we learned this in the last round because he kept bouncing off Dustin Bufflin. Ryan Reeves is probably the second strongest guy in the league, and if you get hit from behind again. Like I'm not saying everybody has to play hockey to understand hockey as a whole, but sometimes there are little tiny things like if you're on skates, you can be on wheels, you can be on rollerblades, and if a guy hits you in the back when you're not ready for it, you are going to go down, whether he's 6'3", 230, or whether he's 5'10", 190. You're, you're, you, you don't have the, the, the center of gravity that you need to have to brace yourself when you don't know it's coming. That's how you fall down. That's not a dive. No one's diving in that situation. Like There's no time to think about diving. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. Nobody's nobody's died. Nobody's like, well, I'm in front of my own net, and they're about to get a scoring chance. Yeah. So now would be a good time to to hit the ice. And like, I get like, I I get and appreciate that the front of the net is different from the neutral zone. Like, the front of the net is a bit of a war zone, and and you're going to allow a lot more going on there. And I mean, how many times have we seen a defenseman cross check a guy in the back eight times? And you know to try to clear him out. But that guy doesn't go down because he's facing the puck and knows whether yeah. and he's ready for it. That's why he doesn't go down in that situation. That's the difference. And it, and it was the sort of unfortunate thing where you know it led directly to a goal, and yet there was just enough time that it's it's not like they could call the original based on the fact that it created the goal or, or the scoring chance. But no, it should, it was a missed call. We've seen a bunch of them. Was it missed? Was it missed or ignored intentionally because it's the playoffs and well, the referees don't want to that's call? It. That's the thing I. I go back to it drives me nuts man like other sports have bad officials for sure balls and strikes you know pass interference called not called but I never feel like when I watch baseball that an umpire is calling a ball a strike because he wants to keep the game close he's just an idiot who makes a bad call in hockey like I get the sense that referees are just kind of like like the Eric Halla um Backstrom thing last night where Backstrom like bends his neck back over his head and Halla goes down and they're like well Halla was doing something illegal there too what not having a spine that goes both ways like that is that is that yeah. is that what he did wrong there so i just it's it's yeah it's, it's hard the to trust. managing the game that i think is is frustrating a lot of people and and i've said it before if you want if you want to say you want referees to stop managing the game and stop refereeing to the score that's fine be ready that you you know you're you're not necessarily going to like what you see every time when some team gets you know four power plays in a row in the third period of a of a 2-2 game too bad but too bad but too bad, yeah. Like, and because there are missed calls or bad calls that that I understand. Like the one last night where the hit on uh, was it James Neal? Oh yeah, where, where James, he got hit, James but Neal it was really himself. like it was more his. Yeah. yeah, like I get that in real time from a certain angle, that is going to look like what it was called yeah, as opposed to. But but it also that was the first penalty of the game too. So it kind of felt because before that there was the yeah. um, Lucas Beasley got hit in the face. They didn't call it. Um, there was something before that too that went the other way that that wasn't called. I forget what it was. But there were two pretty blatant calls. Oh, the Braden McNabb hit on Kuznetsov that ended up hurting him wasn't called. Not because the hit was bad that hurt him, but it was the follow through into his face that should have been a penalty. They didn't call that. They didn't call the Spiza high stick. So I think referees get to the point where they're just like, well, it's time to call a penalty, and that's how you wind up calling that. Even though I get it, it doesn't look like that, but mm-hmm. I. I I think if they had called a penalty before that, maybe they don't call that one because they don't feel as though it's time to call a penalty. I'm so just, sick of the it officials. It does Greg. always feel Greg. like as a hockey Sean. fan, <laughs> you, you've always got a sense of what's coming next. When's the next penalty? Yeah. Who's going to get it? That kind of no thing. No penalty shot last night. Ryan Carpenter's free and clear for a breakaway and he gets a scoring chance yeah. taken away and that's not a... And I know, 
I've, people were pointing out that, you know, well, did he lose the puck? Was it the stick lift? And then he lost the puck, but then there was a hook. I, oh, God. Maybe. Man. You know what? May, like, maybe. And I, I wish that I watched that play and saw the replay and went, oh, yeah, that was the subtle difference that the referee picked up on, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to what I did think, which is the hand goes up. I think that's going to be a penalty shot. Then he plows into Braden Holpe, and I go, you know what? I bet you plowing into the goalie just cost him his penalty shot. Now it's going to be two minutes instead, even though there's nothing in the rule book that would indicate that one should have anything to do with the other. I feel like you just earned yourself a downgrade based on the fact that you, you hit the, the other team's goalie. What, but what, what I like though about that specific play, like sometimes you watch a baseball game and like a pitch hits the outside corner and it's called the ball, but you can see the umpire kind of like flinch a little bit. Like you wanted to call it a strike, but then caught yeah. him. You, you can almost see that in the penalty shot or the non-penalty shot call last night. He puts his arm up and then he just kind of gestures, but then he skates over to the pile where the yeah. scrum is going on, and it's like... I uh, still have a theory, and I, I, I have no way to prove this, but I feel like when a play like that happens from the moment the referee's arm goes up, the longer it is yes, until the whistle, sure. the, the the chances of a penalty shot just starts dropping. Uh-huh. And, you know, if, if the play continues, if the team picks up the... Like, forget it. Like, it has to be right in that moment. Like, play, whistle, point... Because uh, it's just like almost immediately you can tell the referees like, do I, I don't know, penalty shot? Do I want to do this? And you think long, you think wrong. But uh, you know what, though? In, in a way, that's that, that, that non-penalty shot call, I kind of think benefited um, the Capitals because, or benefited Vegas. Because if Ryan Carpenter takes a breakaway against Braden Holpe, I'm pretty sure Braden Holpe stops him like four out of five times. Yep. But your power play, true. you know, you put Marcia So and guys out there. They didn't score, but, you know. Yep. But, and you know what they did? The, the one thing I will give credit to... To the referees last night, because you know, it, it, in terms of refereeing to the score, this wasn't something they'd normally do. But they they did give the five on three yeah. uh, for it was in third period for had, for a minute where where it was on like the second one was a penalty. And it to, was, yeah, that was no choice. But yet, uh, and yeah, you're right. I mean, you look at it and go, well, that has to be a call. But would it have surprised you if they had figured out a way to like not they, call it or to even it up, right? You know, I, but they didn't, and that was deserved. And Vegas earned. A, you know, a five on three and uh, didn't end up scoring, didn't end up influencing the outcome of the game. But that to me is an example of doing it right, where you just, you make the call that you need to make. And if it puts a team down two, then that's, that's life. Yep. Uh, well, we gotta, we gotta take a little break. Um, sorry for calling you Greg earlier, but when I get angry and yell, usually it's because Greg's on the other end of the conversation and it just like a tick, it comes out like, shut up, Greg. But <laughs> sorry, that was that was mean. But um, yeah, let's take a break. When we come back, we can even talk about the five on three and the weird moment where they kind of set up behind the net, like they were defensemen moving the puck back and forth behind the net and didn't really do anything for fifteen seconds. It was a really weird five on three. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll come back and we'll yell we'll yell about some stuff some more. We may even we may even talk about the game as opposed to officiating and player safety because the games were pretty awesome. And um, game three will be Saturday, and uh, it should be pretty interesting because of Yanni Kuznetsov. I can almost guarantee he won't be there. So uh, stick around, and you will get more from your angry uncles in two seconds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So yeah, uh, we're tied at one. I, I feel like the series could be 2-0 either way, depending on how some stuff went down in those two games. But that five on three, man, like just I, I don't want to hammer this down, but I feel like the one good chance they had was when Marcheseau kind of walked the puck back up to the point and kind of you know just stalked a little bit, and then he tried to move the puck down low to the left post, and it didn't work. But besides that, it was just like weird. Like Arpin Basu from NHL.com or from the Athletic now. Sorry, you're not you're you're free from the NHL. Sorry, Arpin. But he tweeted a good thing that I thought was was smart was that 
when teams have a five on three for like 35, 40 seconds, they kind of just get going. Like, let's move the puck. Let's one time it. Let's get it across the crease. But when it's like a minute 30, they're just kind of like, man, we got all day to do this. Let's just hang out a little bit, move the puck around, no urgency. And then you end up not scoring. And that was, I thought that was kind of a yep. good point about that power play. No, I thought, I thought so too. Cause it's, you know, especially on the five on three, like it feels like you should be able to maneuver it around to the point where you've got a tap in or a, uh, you know, a, a, an A plus scoring chance, and you know you don't want to rush it. And I normally hate it when power plays feel rushed and the fans are yelling shoot. And it's like you know, let them set up, let them work on something. But you're right when you're you've got a minute to work with, minute plus, and you're just kind of taking your time. And uh, yeah, maybe there there needed to be some more urgency there. But you're right. I, this this like the first two games were great. They didn't tell us anything about which one of these teams is better. And and we're still we're down to five games to go. And I think I feel like you got to feel good if you're Washington because you got five games. You've got three of them at home. You've got one of the best road records in the playoffs in in years. So you, you have to feel like you could take at least one more in Vegas if you needed to. They're set up. They're in good shape. Other than other the that fact one, that Kuznetsov really that like we haven't heard anything about the injury and we probably won't. I've day to day, Sean. Game time decision, Sean. We'll 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 see tomorrow, Sean. No word. I've had the misfortune of seeing somebody break their wrist right in front of me and Uh. seeing how they reacted to that. That looked a lot like that play. Yeah, that kind of like going off, sort of half holding your arm, thinking like not not in pain, but kind of like something is messed up here. Uh, And the fact that he couldn't. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully. He's okay, but that didn't uh, that didn't look good. Yeah, like if you're, I mean they they went they won the first three games they played without Backstrom. They won, they won the last game of the Penguin series and the first two games of the uh, the Tampa series. So they showed, like to me, if they're going to win without Kuznetsov, they kind of have to go back to playing that you know hang back, stifle, choke the other team to death in the neutral zone, and then counterpunch thing and let Braden Holpe stop twenty two of twenty three or nineteen of twenty, whatever it was, because. Like with Kuznetsov, you can counterpunch with anybody. You can throw that Kuznetsov line out there against the the Carlson line and live. But now you're going to be down to Backstrom and not a whole heck of a lot behind him. And Backstrom, he's looked fine, but he's probably still not 100 percent either. But I I I I feel like Vegas. Maybe if I'm going to pick a team that was better the first two games, I probably say it was Vegas. But I mean, the, the way they kind of controlled things in the in the third period, that probably had more to do with the fact they were down three two and they were pressing and. The Caps had 11 forwards instead of 12, so that'll be different in, in Washington. But like, I really think it's coming down to Holpe, man. Like, I think Holpe has to continue to to make saves that, and we'll get to that save. I'm I'm gonna talk about that save. I don't know how you felt about that save, but I, I think that save maybe wasn't that spectacular. But he's outplayed Flurry. Right. He's he's outplayed Flurry. Flurry's I think at 870 through two games. Like you knew that was yeah. coming, and now you just need Holpe to be better than Flurry for five games, and I think he can do that. Yeah, and I was even like halfway through last night, I was like, I'm not getting that vibe from Braden Holpe. And then the second half, yeah, he he turned it on. So let, let's talk about the save. So you let's you're, do it. Let's do you it. weren't impressed. Like, okay, we, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but I feel like there's a lot of times when a goalie makes a crazy save, it, it's more about what the guy with the puck did wrong than what the goalie did. And that isn't this entirely. It's not as though... Alex Tuck fired the puck back across the crease when he had the whole net open and shot it into the goalie and everybody was like, wow, oh my God, what a save. But Braden Holpe there, Braden Holpe does nothing wrong in the play. It's a freak play. It happens super quick. It's a two-on-one out of nowhere in front of his crease and he plays the shooter and the shooter moves the puck over to Tuck, who's on his one-time side and he has 97% of the net to shoot at and Holpe has one move there just to stick his paddle out and hope he hits it and that's what Tuck did. So... That save to me is just more about Alex Tuck just not scoring as opposed to Braden Holpe doing anything. So I just, again, like to get the stick out there and everything, that that matters more. It's not as though he just got lucky and the puck was shot back into his face and out of play. But I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not, I just, that's more of Tuck screwing up. Like I'm generally with you. I I believe that, you know, about three quarters of what we freak out over as great saves are actually just luck a guy being out of position and especially on glove saves a guy kind of dives across and the shooter happens to shoot it right into his glove and and you know we all go nuts but in reality it just he he just picked the right spot this one i 
I mean, mm. as a goaltender, you're, all you can do in that situation is get the stick out and try to take away as much of the bottom of the net as you can. But, you know, it's it's not as easy as just getting the stick out. I mean, you, you have to get the stick out and be firm enough on mm-hmm. it that, you know, the, the, you know, I mean, you, you can just wave a stick and somebody who shoots hard from, from there is, is still going to get it past you, even if they, even if they make contact. Uh, and he, you know, he, he was able to, uh, to pull that off. I mean, you're right. Obviously if Tuck shoots high, not even high, just, then, just not nine even high. inches off the But ice. that's, but that's not necessarily what you do as a shooter in that situation. If you feel like you, you know, you, you think you're going to have an open net, uh, you know, you go high, then the, that's when the puck can roll on you and, you know, things can happen, you know, just, just go along the ice and, uh, and slam it home. And, and, you know, Holpe was quick to get over. And, and like I say, got over strong enough, you know, it wasn't just a pure desperation scramble, uh, you know, got over strongly enough that if he did, uh, you know, if he did shoot low, he was going to actually, you know, end the play. So I thought, you know, it, I thought this was better than many of the saves that we right, for sure. pretend for sure. are are phenomenal. Uh, even though, yeah, I mean, certainly there's there's a certain element of luck in it, but there there always is. There there's always somewhere a shooter can go or could have gone. Uh, that would have ended in a different result. And, you know, as a goalie, you just take away the highest percentage you can. And I think in that case, he played it just about perfectly and then also had a little bit of luck to get the result that he did. Yeah, there's no rebound, too. Like, I'm tired of hearing about rebound control, man. Like, like uh, how many times does a puck hit a goalie and he actually can control it based on the speed it's coming and how, how soon he sees it and all that sort of stuff? Like, oh, man, what a great job by Brayden Holby to control the rebound. Like, he's just... He just wants that. He just wants that puck to hit something, man. Like he's not trying to freeze the puck. He's not. He's not like. He's not a superhero, man. He's not Batman. He's just. He just put his stick out there. Oh, see, now you're gonna have. Now the goalies are gonna be. Uh, ah, you're gonna be. You thought the Tom Wilson brigade was was crazy? Wait until the goaltenders. Who no, were. everything you said is true. Like, yeah, he has to be firm on his yeah. stick. He can't just you know dangle the stick out there and hold it by the knob and hope something good happens. Like he did everything he was supposed to do. But like the only way he makes that save is if Alex Tuck screws up. Like he, he's there's no other yeah. way to do it. But was it on the was it on the five on three? I think it might have been where they won the face off like back to Holpe. And he just shot it down like, inst- like he just one timed it down yeah, the ice. Very, I think it was the very start of that power play. Yeah, and I'm watching that like, oh, he's okay. a really good stick That's... handler. I remember the first time. I remember like watching him at MSG like a few years ago, like way back when when he was still kind of like fighting with like Varlamov and all those guys for the job. I remember just like because like you know how like in warm ups like the goalie will take a bunch of shots and then they do like a little skate, they skate a loop to get the pucks out of the net. Like I was watching Braden Holpe and he had a puck on his stick and he was like. He was like dangling, like he was like he was Philip Forsberg, like through his legs, bringing it back. Like he was like it wasn't like just like an average hockey player stick handling. He was like a really good stick hand. Like he, I understand he can handle the stick, and he also had a really cute play too, where he kind of late in the game got the puck on his stick, faked it to the corner, and then played it the other way. Like he knows what he's doing. I'm not saying he doesn't, mm-hmm. but again, you need to have the guy shoot the puck into you at that point to make the save. Is all. It's all I'm saying. Like so I'm just you know just, enjoy hearing. I don't care. From the yeah, goaltenders. Well, while while they're at it, tell them to make the nets an inch bigger and, and listen to their theories about muscle memory and <laughs> all of this other stuff. Well, apparently, Braden Holpe's pads are illegal, Love according to Paul Stewart. So maybe that maybe he made that save with an illegal stick. Yeah, you know, ah, that little strap ah, and the the wrong uh, the wrong stick tape color. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if enjoy enjoy your Stanley Cup, Washington, that you cheated <laughs> to win. The wrong stick tape. That's. Form. I mean, most of us don't want to. Most of us wouldn't want to win that way. But oh, sure. Can you imagine like that's your. Can you imagine like after the game like that's over and like you're, you're talking to your editor about what you want to write. It's like, what do you want to do? You want to focus on Ryan Reeves, the goal there. You want to focus on the Tom Wilson hit. You want to talk about the fourth line or like what do you want to do? You know what? I was really. I really think that people want to hear about the tape on Braden Holpe's stick. What? Yeah, I think that I think that was the reason why the Caps won. Is he had the wrong yeah. tape on his stick? No one saw that but me. Well, let's let's just say okay. that given the site he wrote that for, <laughs> the bar isn't all that high for him. That was probably like the 18th dumbest thing that was on that site just yeah. that day. So, what do you think? You think the Caps are screwed if they don't have Kuznetsov the rest of the series? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Like I've seen people, me you know, say that where they're like, you know, is this it? Like, and it's like, no, because there's five games left and one player even you know even a star player doesn't make it isn't that big of a swing where you go from we were going to win the series 
to now we have no chance. There, there's. I mean, it, it's an impact, sure. And in a close series, it could end up being the deciding factor. But this idea, you know, it was just like, it was kind of when the, reminded me of like when the, the Leafs in, in the first round, when Kadri got suspended and people are like, well, that's it. And it's like, is it? Like missing your second line center for three games? Like it, it feels like during the season, every time like, you know, somebody will get injured and they'll be like, you know, oh no, Sidney Crosby's going to be out for three months. And you're like, oh, that's terrible. And some analytics guy is like, actually, th- this will only cost them like 1.2 wins based on. And you're like, really? Is it that that little? Okay. But then a guy like gets suspended or hurt in the playoffs and he's going to miss a few games. And they're like, that's it. Series over. There is no way that this team can, uh, can you know, it, it's it's big for sure. He's, he's probably one of the ha- small handful of players that, you'd say would have the biggest impact if he missed time, but can, can they still win three out of five games when they've got the majority of those at home? Yeah, of course they can. In the words of Pierre Maguire, agreed, agreed, <laughs> Sean. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't like, I'm a little less confident now because I did think that the caps were kind of, kind of we're going to basically roll in the series, but now like you said, like the the you, you have Braden Holby, you have Braden oh, yeah. Holby. You won. You won. I think they won three out of four without Backstrom, so they can win three out of five without Kuznetsov. I wouldn't. I'd be worried, but I wouldn't be worried. Worried. They've had what one goal from Ovechkin so far? Just the one. You know, he <laughs> hasn't. He hasn't had that game yet. Where? Yeah. Okay. Can't win the big one. He's other. He's than aver- all of the many big ones that he's. He's won. averaging point five zero goals per game in the Stanley Cup final. The same average he had coming into the final. He's. I, I, that was the best too. I, he does, I, he's not elevating. No. Not elevating his somebody, game. Somebody tweeted that like I think halfway through the first period of game one, they were like, uh, like whoever it was, like so and so's got this, so and so's got that. You know, Ovechkin's only got one shot on net. And it's like, oh man, can this guy just breathe for like a minute? Just let him, just let him play hockey for like maybe a game, and then we'll come back to this. <sighs> I did. I, I got to say, Alexander Ovechkin on the bench has been fantastic. Yeah, I know. What's going on Whoever there? made the decision to like just have a camera on him the whole time, between the reactions and him getting hit in the face with the puck and not reacting at all, like just being like, eh, this is great. I, I, let's get the Alexander Ovechkin just watching. Like, is he like this all the time or is he just melting down because it's the cup final and he's reacting the same way everyone else watching it is reacting. I think he's like the guy from the first Deadpool movie, the bad guy, Francis, whatever his name ended up being for real or whatever. He just, all of his nerve endings are fried. Like he can't feel anything anymore. <laughs> he's completely numb to everything that can happen out there. So that, that the puck gets him in the face. He's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, well, mm, it's fine. But uh, but speaking of being hit in the face, unless you have other Stanley Cup final thoughts, we can, we can, we can, we can focus on the other great NHL topic, which is brain injuries. Yes. yes, brain injuries. Yes, so Gary Bettman at his annual State of the Union in which he doesn't answer any of the questions. You should stop doing that. Somebody uh, tweeted that over the weekend too, or, they, or, or yeah, over the weekend or Monday, I guess, that why, like, why does he do this? Why does he take attention away from what's supposed to be the best time of year for your league by just constantly talking about all the bad stuff right when the final starts? Like, that's a weird time to do yeah. it, but... But yeah, he's it is. But he he declined to comment any further on concussions or CTI or any of that stuff. Bigger or CTE because he said he didn't want to start a new new cycle, uh, new cycle, yeah. which didn't work out that well because <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like how is this playing in the U.S. or is it playing? Because up here in Canada, we've the, 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 these revelations are coming out where somehow TSN got their hands on the videotape depositions that various nhl uh higher-ups had given and has been kind of reporting on them all week and 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 there's there's nothing in there that i think is game-changing you know there's no revelations that that are scandalous but a lot of it really doesn't look good for the league and and on the people who are making the comments um i don't know is it i i feel like it's it's definitely a story, but I don't feel like it's breaking through and really resonating. Probably because it's it's happening at the same time as as the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, are, are you guys getting a sense for it? Like, is it a story down there? I mean, like, it's the problem is that it's hockey, so nobody generally cares about hockey to begin with down here. And then the fact that it's a concussion thing in hockey that involves like transcripts and 
um, depositions and you know video. But that's the thing. It's because transcripts are are boring. Yeah. But actually seeing somebody, you know, like in 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 some of these cases, giving you know smart ass answers to to lawyers or or being clearly frustrated and annoyed by the questioning. Um, Bob Bob, yeah, Bob Lee does it on. I think Bob Lee did a thing on it on uh, Outside the Lines, but I feel like it might have been like at the very end of the episode. Like it's like 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 on Sports Center down here during the regular season. Like it's like well, it's fifty nine minutes of Tony Romo and LeBron James and all this stuff that like you know they would do all the time. And then it was like also the Blue Jackets won eleven to nine against the Wild in the craziest game we've ever seen. That's it for us. Good night, everybody. And that was kind of like the end of Outside the Lines, like yesterday or the day before. They, they, they touched on it. They showed the video of Jeremy Jacobs being like, CTE? What is CTE? Is that is that a college yeah. in British Columbia? I don't even know what CTE claimed, is. Claimed he didn't even know what Never it was. Never heard of it before. But and this it. was two years ago. This this wasn't 20 years ago. This is two years ago after the NFL had already Brains? What are, what are brains? Is that the thing the zombies eat in the movies that I've seen? I've never heard of those. <laughs> How can you hurt one of those if they're not real? Next question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know so, how they win the lawsuit. I just because, like, you're right. Like, there's no real smoking gun, but it's just everything taken as a whole. Like the, like Rick Westhead has done a bunch of stuff on it for TSN, and he mm. had the, the the revelation that the doctor. I don't know. I, I forget if we can curse and say dirty words in this podcast, even though it's vice. Like, I feel like we can, but I don't know. But like, there was that sign in which the doctor mocked up a joke sign that said concussions are for. Um, a word that is used Wimps. to describe like lady parts yes. in a negative way, right. and like like I, I understand like that probably isn't enough for the NHL to go. All right, here let's settle this. Like, but but I mean, like that and everything else. I also wonder too, going back to the Tom Wilson thing. I wonder if the NHL were to get tougher on stuff like that before the lawsuit settled. I wonder if that reflects badly on the lawsuit case for the nhl because they're yeah. now doing tougher things when they weren't doing that's, it back then. that's the theory right i that don't know when the nhl goes in front of a judge and says we can't you know we've done as much as we can and then the judge says really because he just yeah did a whole lot more but i don't know if last I don't year know if that matters how he didn't do that i just wonder that i don't know if that's a thing yeah and i've been like generally i've been a little bit maybe more forgiving of some of the stuff that comes out of the league because this is this is a lawsuit situation and people need to understand, like this, the the NFL lawsuit was like a billion dollar suit. This is this is the sort we're talking about potentially, depending on how it goes. We're talking about the sort of amount of money that would fundamentally change or even threaten the NHL's existence. And I don't think that's necessarily overselling it to say that if this really went bad for the league, this this could could uh, this could be a major threat uh, to at least, uh, you know, some of the, some of the teams and, and, you know, the league itself. So I get that, you know what, a lot of this plays badly. A lot of this sounds terrible. They're not in the PR business right now. They're in the, the legal lawsuit business and they're going to, uh, they're going to do whatever they feel like they need to do to defend themselves. And, and I feel like they have a right to do that. Um, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't play well. And yeah, I, I, I do wonder, I'm, I'm certainly no lawyer, but I do wonder at some point how much of this, you know, potentially leads to either directing a judgment, a certain direction, or much more likely a settlement of some sort, uh, where you realize that you, you, there's been so much self-inflicted damage here by the league that they need to find a way to move on from this I, i'm not a lawyer either but i've watched a lot of law and orders like svu criminal intent the original i mean i may have seen a couple of the la episodes so i feel like i'm pretty i'm well trained enough to understand what's going on i think so yeah um i think uh, ex- exigent circumstances and uh voir dire obviously we, we got to focus on that um wow. you know uh discovery discovery is actually a huge thing too but um you know i don't want to throw a bunch of legal terms at people to make it seem like i know what i'm talking about when i don't <laughs> so we can just move on from there by the way before we before we get to the questions and stuff um i know you, I, I feel like you probably have thoughts about the uh the vegas golden knights pregame show imagine dragons aside but the the, the stuff they do i I do, and you know what i think i might i think I might write a thing on in this friday's column on that uh, i'll just here here's my very brief. View. Okay, I'm gonna time this. Go ahead. I, I've, 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 I've written about this. I'm all in on Vegas uh, being goofy with the ceremonies. Get, get ridiculous. 
do mm-hmm. it. I, I'm 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 in with the night fighting airplanes, all of that. Just can we maybe just figure out a reasonable time for the game to start and then work backwards? <laughs> and if you want to do a three hour ceremony yeah. and make it an all day party, that's fine. But like last night when they were doing like the the drums and the lasers and everything, and then it's eight fifteen and like the lights dim and you're like, here we go, and then. They're like, we're going to have a rock concert now. And you're like, really? It's unbelievable. And, and I just like that because I mentioned that on Twitter and people are like, oh, here come the fun police. And it's like, what happened to this league where saying, gosh, I hope the game starts soon. I'd really like to see some NHL hockey. And people are like, oh, the fun police are here. Look who hates fun. It's the guy who wants to watch the game that he's tuned in to watch. I would, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I go go nuts, Vegas. Start the game five ceremony now. For all I care, have David Copperfield fly around the rink. I do it. I'm I'm all in. Just you know, maybe there. And I know I understand that everyone who was in the building, all the media, everyone there loved it. Totally get it. Some of us are sitting at home, just waiting for the damn game to start. So that's maybe all we want. maybe there's a maybe we can work this. Just just pick a time and just work backwards. Just. Just some simple subtraction. I feel like we can we can work this out. And, and my real my quick response is, of course, yeah, the game should start very close to when you say it's going to at the top of the hour or whatever it is. And I, I'm pretty sure Game Six and Game Seven of the Warriors and the Rockets were scheduled to be nine o'clock games in both places. And I'm almost positive both games tipped off at nine o four. Like I can't even imagine how, yeah. how great that must feel as an NBA fan to put on the game at nine oh two. You get a couple of guys talking about, oh, they got to do this to James Harden, blah blah, and the game just start because it's because like you, you put it on like when you put on a hockey game at eight oh two, like Doc Emmerich down here talks for like nine minutes about you know whatever, and then they they cut to the booth and it's like Doc and Eddie, and you can look behind them and see the ice and it's dark and you're just like, oh man, they haven't even. Oh, they haven't even done the night thing yet. Like, oh my god! And you know, like in your head, you're just doing the clock and everything. But when you put on an NBA game at nine oh two and they're doing the, you know, the talk from the courtside thing, like they talk for a couple seconds about strategy and what's at stake and all that, and then they, they here are the lineups and they show the lineups over like the the big wide shot of the court and you can see all the guys standing around center court ready to tip the ball and you're like, oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's nine oh four and they're gonna oh, do it. Dave. It's just Dave. Why do you hate fun? Why do you hate fun and want to watch hockey? What is wrong? Hey, I'm with not you? against a rocket show before a Rockets game. If you want to do a rocket show with Rockets and you know whatever, right. fine. But like the 904 tip is just, mm, it's beautiful. Yep. Yeah. What now? Well, you're read your questions. Well, you're in charge of the questions because I I, I delete I, I deleted right. Twitter from my phone okay. over the holiday weekend, and when I put it back on, I realized I didn't have the login saved for the Biscuits Twitter account, so I, I can't get into it today until i get home so okay well, let me you're the you're the question master let me scroll down to the questions uh yeah a lot a lot of questions about ceremonies a lot of questions <laughs> about refereeing well it's you know it's too bad we didn't touch on any of that yeah by the way speaking of billion dollar suits i i want to get back to a time when the only billion dollar suit in the nhl is one that mark bergevin's wearing but i'm bummed very yes. nice uh, this one, uh, I'll, I'll do this one because I've had actually a couple people ask this. Uh, Andrew Jemison says, y'all had a, t- don't, don't talk like that. Andrew. Don't do that. On Twitter. <laughs> y'all had a discussion pre-playoffs about Marc-Andre Fleury's Hall of Fame future outlook. Has y'all's view changed? Well, well, y'all's, um, have, no. have, have our all's views changed? Um, no. Cause I think before we said probable hall of famer but we were kind of like if we were yeah. in charge not my hall of fame but if he wins the stanley cup of vegas and wins the con Smythe, which he most definitely will if vegas wins then i then i think he's definitely going to get in i still wouldn't put him in like i i forget the stat but the stat is something like um like he's he's never finished in the top seven in Vezina voting some some number like that in his career like he's yep. never been one of the seven or eight yep. best goalies in the league in a given year while he's played so to me I, actually I take that back that doesn't mean he's not one of the it just means he's he's never even been a Vezina finalist he's never been for sure one of the three best goalies in the league at any point in his right. career so no but but I do think that this even if he doesn't win I feel like this playoff run has pushed him to yeah close to sure thing hall of fame I just find it's weird like because this happened again now, like recently with Marion Hosa, where he, you know, formally announced that he wasn't coming back. I, I just find like 364 days out of the year, hockey fans complain about the Hall of Fame. They're like, ah, it's the Hall of Very Good. Every borderline guy gets in. But then every time somebody retires, 
it's instantly flips over to like you are an idiot if you don't think yeah that Marion Hosa, who never came anywhere close to any award voting or anything like that, if you think he's not a Hall of Famer, you are a moron, and I will punch you in the. And that's like just the local media <laughs> tweeting that, and you're like, okay, geez, calm down. All right, I, nobody's even saying that, but all right, is this like I'm sure 20 years ago, if there was Twitter, that somebody would have been like, if you don't think Bernie Federko is a Hall of Famer, <laughs> then I will hit you in the ankle with a crowbar. <laughs> Uh, uh, one other question. This is John. John Morell uh, asks only because we didn't really get to this topic. Melnick versus Alfredson. Oh yeah. Is anyone right in this case, or is this a terrible PR disaster for the Senators? Well, it's both. It's Alfredson's yeah, right. It's it's a terrible PR disaster, yeah. but I mean Alfredson's right in the sense that he's. I mean he's not a Senator's employee, and he. I guess if people didn't hear the story, there was some sort of event he was at and he was asked by a reporter and there's some question as to whether he knew he was talking to a reporter or not, uh, something about the senators. And he said he made a reference to we'd like to get a new owner or we're trying to get a new owner. And then afterwards said, by the way, that was off the record, which, of course, is not how it works. And the reporter reported the comments and and it was a fairly big story here in Ottawa because it's been assumed if not outright known around here for a long time that Daniel Alfredson and Eugene Melnick don't get along and that Alfredson would like to see Melnick gone and, and whether that's something he would just simply like or whether he's a little more active behind the scenes and helping that happen is is not known. Uh, but this was sort of the first kind of on-the-record confirmation. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is... If you're Eugene Melnick, there's no winning this because Alfredson's the most popular player in the history of the franchise and anything, you know, in fact, I don't think Melnick and the Senators responded in any way that I saw, which is probably the right call because anything that extends that story is is not going to go well for you. Yeah, I saw people debating about the whole on the record, off the record thing. Like both parties have to agree before you talk. And I I can get the argument where maybe you don't know it's a reporter when you're first talking, but without being there, it's hard to really get into the ins and outs of that. But like if you're talking to a guy and he comes up to you and says, hey, what's, what, what are your thoughts on Eugene Melnick? And he's holding a tape recorder. You, you can probably yeah. figure it out from context well, clues. Plus, if, if you know, I don't know about you. I talk to lots of people every day where I don't. I don't talk to anybody all day long. But it, in <laughs> theory, <laughs> I could talk to lots of people every day who, almost all of whom I would assume are not reporters. I don't then follow my comments up by telling them our discussion is off the record. Like you're getting your coffee in the morning. Usually, somebody's like, "Hey, you're Sean yeah. from your Don Goes Brown." Yeah, yeah. What's what do you think of the Leafs? You're like, "Well, I think the Leafs are a disaster, and I hope Brendan Shanahan fires Kyle Dubas." Also, we're off the record here. Don't tell anybody I said that. Like, that's not how it works. You yep. can't do that. Too late. All right. Uh, so is that it? Is it, is it? is it time to do the thing? Is it time to to to, to plug to announce? Yeah, we should we uh, we should plug. I should plug because I last week I, I I did the tease. That's that's an insider term. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of some sort of news, I don't. It's not really news because we uh, I announced it yesterday on Twitter and and Facebook and all of that stuff. But I do understand that you know our analytics tells us that we've got thousands of listeners who listen faithfully to this podcast, but don't consume any other online media. Good for them of any kind. Smart. It's it's just yeah, it's the podcast and the, and then that's it. And they 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 go on and live happy lives. So I will uh, make the announcement for them which is that i have written a book that is coming out in october i have written a book which covers the entire history of the nhl start until today 100 plus years of nhl uh and it's and it's it's a history book but it has a focus on kind of the strange and weird and funny and and basically all the bizarre stuff that has happened on and off the ice in this so it's you know it's it's uh as as i think i put it in one of the two it's 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 the original six and it's rocker richard and it's the gretzky trade and all of that stuff but it's also like the time that the players wore earmuffs so they wouldn't hear the crowd and the time that players had to referee their own game and the time that mr rogers was named captain of the pittsburgh penguins and all that kind of weird stuff and the way i pitched it when I originally sat down to write it was that it's the, it's basically the hundred year story of the world's most beautiful sport as presented by the world's dumbest league. And that's, they, they softened that a little bit to put it on the cover, but, but that's, that's basically the pitch and it's coming out in October. 
And it's available now for pre-order, so you can go on Amazon Canada and the U.S. or any of the other booksellers in to go wherever you normally like to buy books. It's going to be a hardcover. It's going to be in bookstores. It's going to be on your uh, e-readers and all of that. And you can go and pre-order it right now. And uh, you'll get it in October when it comes out. So, so what you're telling me is that since you're calling the league dumb on the cover of the book, you're probably not going to get a lot of NHL support. Like no one from NHL.com is going to come and interview you about the book to help you sell it is what you're saying. That's that's the perfect book. That's yeah, the, the book I want to read. That's that's the book I need. The the yeah, the NHL has already been uh <laughs> Oh yeah. Let's not not uh there there have been certain things where we've reached out to the NHL and said like, "Hey, can we use this photo or can we do this or that?" and they've been like, "No, because you called us dumb." Which is their right? And I can I can kind of You see have to that. disclose that. Can't you just be like, "Hey, I'm writing a book about the NHL. Can I get a photo of Rocket Richard?" And they and they <laughs> yeah. just be like, what? "But they're like, what? Who's writing the book?" And they're like, "This guy." And they're like, "Yeah, he's gonna call. He's gonna call." What's the what's, what's so the book called? I, I actually NHL's one hundred coolest, I, most awesome, dope, fresh things. Yeah. I I totally get and appreciate why the league is doing that, but I will take it and and try to spin it into like a some like this is the book the NHL <laughs> doesn't want you to read. This is the book Gary Bettman banned by Gary Bettman personally. Put your eyes on it's the book. When in reality, they're just like, no, we're not going to give you free stuff, <laughs> so you can make fun of us. Well, all right, there you go. Buy the book, pre-order it, pre-order. That's the, big That's news. the thing. You got to go do it. You got to go support Sean mostly, but I feel like you support Sean. You support the biscuits. You support the group, the, the team here. And um, right. so yeah, we'll be back. I'm guessing we're back next Thursday now. I think that's going to be our thing because I guess if we come back on Tuesday, that's only like two games. Or maybe we will. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure what it out. What is it? It's Saturday, Saturday and Monday. Monday and, then and then I think they're off until Thursday. So, so I don't know. We'll, so maybe we'll it see. Maybe it's Tuesday next week. I don't know. We'll, we'll we don't, figure it out. We're, we're flying by the seat of our pants here or the seat of my cargo yeah, shorts sort or whatever. Of making it up. Did you want to do your Sedin thing before we finish or oh, um, are we out of time? You know what? It's it's as we sit here. It's Next eleven oh five as we sit here right now, and we got to kind of yeah. wrap it up. We've probably been going for like an hour plus. So I don't I don't want you to rush it. I want to like I want to make sure. Yeah. The, I mean, I wrote okay. this whole thing out where I kind of explain everything about what they meant to me and to to just the the, the, the world really. But you're right. I want to I want to go back and reread it and make sure. It's let's where do it. it needs let's to do be. it next week. We'll lead off the show next week as long as nothing else is. Yeah, we, we should be good. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it next week. The season's almost over, so we got to get to it, but we'll get to it next week. So, yeah, come back next week for some uh, game games three through four, maybe games three through five. I'm not sure. And and the Sedin talk. We, we'll, we, we'll get to it next week, we promise. So we love you, and goodbye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.